Hello and welcome to an edition of OPL Rise of QPR podcast. We're going to talk to Dave Thomas. It's a one-off special. It's about the birth and the continuation of the wonderful and beautiful kick up the hours, which we all read on home and away games. Take us off the doom, the gloom, and sometimes the glory. Dave, welcome to the podcast. How are you, mate? Thank you, Paul. I'm very well, thank you. Good man. Dave, how did it all start? Ah, well, I... How long have we got, basically? Because it's really a book in itself, this one. Um, if we could condense it down to a pamphlet, that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> I'll just do a couple of paragraphs. Um, well, obviously, um, its roots go back to the 1987 uh, proposed merger between uh, ourselves and Fulham. Um, mm-hmm. That was around about February time into March, something like that. We fought, uh, uh, you know, well, it wasn't even a very long campaign, actually, because it was it was kind of killed at birth almost, you know, within days of it being announced um, when I think we managed to convince uh, David Ballstrode, uh, the then chairman, um, whose idea it was, that uh, that actually it wasn't a very good idea after all. And uh, I think he he saw the strength against it. I don't think he understood football very much, really. I don't think he had any idea that it would be met with such um, such resistance, shall we say, uh, not only from ourselves but from Fulham as well, and indeed the wider football community. So mm. <laughs> basically, we we killed Fulham Park Rangers at birth, and uh, and then within a well, and then we we went back to just being QPR, and that were it. Um, however, it was really my first time ever being involved in anything that you would call um, football fans politics, I suppose if you can call it that. Um, and it was in an odd way, it was very exciting, and it was it. it I just felt. I felt empowered from it, and I thought there was um, that that, that could, we could carry on in some way. Uh, we and I wasn't really sure quite how, but during the protest itself, we were helped a lot by a couple of lads from Birmingham. Um, one was Adrian Goldberg, um, who is now works for BBC and done very well for himself. The other one was um, a, a Birmingham fan called uh, Steve Beauchamp. Uh, unfortunately, Steve died a couple of years back, which is very sad. Only young, um, mm-hmm. and um, and they they produced a magazine called Off the Ball, and they they used to come down and they joined in the protest and they gave us a lot of guidance. And I've become very very friendly with them. And I thought to myself um, that it was something that I th- I wanted to do, like produce the magazine, but not a general one like theirs, but more focused on QPR really and I saw it as a way of protecting the the best long-term interests of the club you know from the fans point of view and uh and and so they gave me lots of advice and they helped me come up with the title I won't tell you the alternative title but uh, most of them would have uh, got me arrested I think most weeks um <laughs> and then that's what we did and 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 we also had the idea at the time I mean, obviously, when I say you know, because there were quite a few of us involved at the at the at the the the, 
the head, if you like, for want of a better word. We were taking the initiative with the merger proposals and fighting it off. But there are lots of people involved in that. And one of them, of course, was Trevor Kingham. And yeah. um, and what we, I kind of, we, we had this discussions about um, forming an independent supporters association. There was a lot of un, um, unhappiness, a lot of uh, distrust of the then supporters club, because really the supporters club was, it wasn't a political animal in any way. It just ran coaches and trains to to you know to away games and nobody expected Daphne to be leading the the the, the, the you know with the um pitchforks and the burning flames and everything um so so really we we just saw an independent supporters club as being you know a, a natural step but I knew I couldn't get involved in the running of it um lazy bastard basically um but <laughs> Trevor was really ideally placed to to take on that mantle, and all the credit and all the everything else goes to Trevor for for how he brought that into existence. It wasn't called the Law Supports Association at the time, um, but it, it sort of morphed into that eventually. And all all the work and everything was done, you know, by Trevor and by people like Joe English and John Reed, and uh, you know, too many more people to to mention really. Um, whereas I went off, uh, me being me, I wanted to be more independent. So I decided uh, that I was going to produce a magazine. And that was in the summer of 1987. And the rest, as they say, is history. It was a strange old time for me because I remember that merger so well during all the, the, the sheer panic because obviously it was before social media. So it just hit it all. Like a well, like a flipping brick, and then um, it's interesting that the the LSA and yourself was kind of bored at the same time, which was true because the supporters club was God bless Daphne, but she was not going to turn up with a big placard saying, "I hit you all, leave my club." So it was all very strange, and I think in some ways QPR found itself. It was probably not so because you know even was still I think even was still in shock after the cup final it never happened as well. Don't forget. So it wasn't Don't that remember that. No, no, exactly. So it's a strange old time to be an interest fan because, yeah, it was. I remember. I think the it was, the first meeting was above the Springbok, wasn't it? There's my memory's playing me up. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was just, it just the momentum was frightening. How quickly and sped, and there was there was a lorry going down the front of ours. It was it was good, and I, I don't you know, to be honest with you, I don't think Bolstrode understood like you. I think you you, you 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 said that really well. He didn't understand football. Whether he would have become a decent chairman if he hadn't have passed away, I don't know. But I think he got the message loud and clear. And who knows what could have happened if he had have lived. But typical QPR, we then moved on to Thompson. Now, do you know what, Dave? I don't know how you got the writers for it either, but in the 80s, the, the cartoons at the front, the writing, it was, it was just brilliant. I mean, it was... It was so much better. I stopped buying programs for a while. I just bought Kick of the Hours. I mean, I suppose a lot of people have told you that, but it's, it's so true. But it, it couldn't have just been as easy as us going on the Saturday and picking it up. It must have been so intensive to work on. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, it, it was. It was very, very new territory, obviously, for me, because the only thing I'd ever written before that was probably a betting slip, I would think. Um, hmm. So I had no sort of real grounding in it, no real... Uh, you know, I didn't come from a journalistic background or, or 
you know, that I've always, you know, written or wrote, whatever the phrase is. Um, but I, I just felt that it was something, listen, Paul, I thought it was going to last six months, a year at the most. And here it is. It's this, uh, uh, somebody said to me once, be, be careful because from, from, little, uh, from little babies, big monsters grow. And that's what it's become now. It is really a big monster because it's like painting the fourth bridge. You, you finish, you get to one end, or you finish one edition, and then you have to start on the next one. And it's relentless. It's absolutely nonstop. And in this, fun enough, in the international break, um, a project we're working on where we're looking to archive it, uh, archive all the editions so they become digital online for access through, we're working with Hammersmith Libraries, actually. And um, the idea is, it's like it forms a sort of living history of supporting QPR, you know, since, well, only since 1987, but there's nothing more we can do about that. But seeing... Um the old copies laid out the sheer enormity of of how much we've produced in that time it kind of it's staggering really to be honest with you and i honestly thought it was something that i would do as a hobby for for you know just for a few months or something till it, till i got bored with it um and here we are it's 36 years later and and it's it's a full time job but with well, it's not even part time wages. It's, well, that's that's a sad thing, isn't it? Well, it, well, yeah, it is. But but listen, we're we're up against we're up against um, the sort of national trend that the the print media is you know on its backside, really. To be honest with you, I mean, we 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 we're suffering the same way that magazine titles are going to the wall, um, newspaper sales are you know dipping all the time um so the fact that we can keep going the, the fact that we're a, a specialist niche publication kind of helps really because because that gives us a bit of an advantage but we've seen our circulation fall to around about a quarter of what it once was which is one of the reasons unfortunately why we we have to charge what we do for the cover price because otherwise it wouldn't sustain. If we charged a pound less, um, we would, we would, we would, you know, go bust basically. We wouldn't be able to sustain it. So, so that's how tight it is. Printing is very, very expensive. And I do have a good deal with my printers. They, they turn it around. They do a fantastic job. And it's probably, I probably play northern prices rather than southern prices as well. So that helps. But without it, if we didn't charge five pounds for a, for a copy, um, then we wouldn't survive. But the important thing is, is that what we try and do is to pack in as much to give it value. And I think the quality of it, uh, you know, speaks for itself now we we were one of the very very first football fanzines to, to to you know to come into existence and soon afterwards and inspired a lot by you know in the same way we were inspired by off the ball we inspired a lot of other fanzines at other clubs who did the same but largely they've um they've been and gone really that the, the when fanzines there was a fanzine explosion in the late 80s and it was described as being the publishing success story of the 80s because suddenly mm. from nowhere all these titles started appearing and they were selling you know literally millions i mean i wasn't selling millions but collectively <laughs> we were selling millions and 
as I guess is the way with these things, that the it's the survival of the fittest and the strongest, and dare I say, the best. So, so although there are only a few fanzines still in existence um, today, um, they are they tend to be the ones that are uh, much higher quality, um, and we we are very much. You know, as a QPR fanzine, we are very much punching above our weight because our sales are, are are a fraction of what, for example, they are at Sunderland, at Arsenal, things like that, who, who've got long running and very, very good fanzines. But we we plough on regardless. It doesn't it doesn't lose money, but each edition is probably you know, a month's work, really. And yes, I'm very grateful for the contributions that come in. And I'm very grateful to Julie on a match day, Mike Lancaster, Eric, who who helped me sell, because without their help, we couldn't do anything anyway. And of course, without QPR fans who still support us and buy it religiously, then we'd have long since gone. But it is really... In total, it's a late labour of love, really. And uh, um, when you've when you've reached this far and done that much work and got that much body of work, um, it's something to be, you know, quite proud of, I would say. And, uh, and so it's not easy just to say, do you know what? I'm bored. You know, let's pull the plug. I can't do this anymore. I mean, I get utterly, utterly sick of it at times. Of course I do. Burning the midnight oil. I, I, but I see that, you know, like with with Clive Whittingham and, and Lot for Words, the the output that Clive does, um, in bar- you know, it's embarrassing really because because not it's embarrassing for me because I do absolutely next to nothing really in comparison to the amount that that Clive churns out. So when everybody says to me, you know, oh God, now you do it, I, I always think, well, do you know what? I I probably. I don't even do a fraction of what Clive does, really. Um, and and to do it, as I say, to a high... Kick, Kick Up The Arts has got a fantastic reputation within football, within other fans who, who've, who've seen it and read it over the years or, or get to know about it. We, uh, we, only, we only ever entered, I think it was, two fanzine of, fanzine of the year competitions, and uh, much to my embarrassment and uh, and uh, uh, chagrin, we uh, we won it both times. So, which probably says something about the quality of it. But the quality is down to the the people who contribute to it, really, because I've got a great great set of contributors. Um, but everything else involved in it, the the editing, the making sure the articles finish at the bottom of the page, you know, the, the what we call the furniture that goes on the picture editing you name it i do it basically on my own so it's very much a one-man band other than the fact i don't write every word but i do edit every word and i do proofread most words <laughs> i don't always have a time to go through it with a fine tooth comb uh, tooth comb and uh you know it, it, it is a labor of love and bearing in mind i've got another job as well to do even though i'm technically i'm supposed to be retired but i'm not really because i'm now working harder than i've probably done ever, ever in my life really um so so yeah that that's uh that's a kick up the eyes in a nutshell really how we're still going i don't know but we are and i'm 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 as grateful to it you know for that as much as anything really because it shows that it's been 
a success over the years, really. And you know what, as well, Dave, it must be... I mean, you think of the people who have passed through Rangers and the longer movies, you know, it, it must be like every Saturday you must remember the old faces and stuff like that as well, and those who are no longer with us and stuff like that. It's, 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 and, and you're now seeing the grandchildren go into adults or their own children. It's, it's, you've seen it on them 36 years, Dave. You've seen it all, let's be honest, of people and their families. So you become a friend of the family as well, even people you don't even know that well. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that, that that's it. it. It's given me uh, a sort of I don't know whether fame's the wrong word, but a notoriety. And I'm not even sure that's the right word, really. Um, but 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 it, it's very it's very disconcerting when you might nip down for a, a quick quick visit to the bogs at I don't know um, somewhere like Wigan away or something and you're on your own and then the, the bloke who stood next to you has, or you know he's come down as well uh, and I don't think you've, I've ever seen him before in my life and then he turns around and goes oh what do you reckon then Dave and it's like it, it's it's a place where everyone knows your name and of course I can't possibly know everybody's name um, and I don't even really know everybody's face but it's amazing it's quite funny, really, because I, I imagine there's a, there's a sort of celebrity involved in it up to a point, although I hasten to add, I don't consider or think of myself as any kind of celebrity. In fact, the whole, the whole, like, the whole notion of talking about it is ridiculous, really. But, but people know, I guess it, it is the same as proper celebrities, that, that people kind of think that, you know, that they, they know you and um, whatever. Um, and... I, I, yeah, I, I talked to a lot of people. I remember being outside selling that hole one year, uh, one year when they didn't seem to mind me being there. The, the next, uh, the next year at Hull, um, one of the stewards came up and, and, um, informed me that I'd been caught, I'd been caught selling the magazine. Well, considering I'm about as visible as anybody can be, it didn't take much catching really. He said, you've been caught on CCTV. I said, mate, I said, wanking off in the bushes that's being caught selling a fanzine outside is not being caught but they wouldn't have it they wouldn't let me sell so i just sold afterwards anyway so sod it really um but one year sorry i just uh, go uh, went off the subject there but the, the, i remember one year being there and talk, chatting to the stewards and everybody was coming up and buying the magazine and the steward said to me do you know everybody and i said well yeah just about so at an away game when we've got you know I don't know, maybe a thousand Rangers fans. Of course, I don't know all thousand. Of course, I don't. But I know significantly enough people to, you know, to be constantly. And and of course, the people that are buying it are the ones whose names I sort of tend to know. So of course, this steward just had the idea that I was the uh, obviously the most popular man at QPR. But um, uh, I didn't dissuade her from that. <laughs> but you know what, Dave? I I think. I know you don't like the word celebrity, and no one does. And I don't think it's. it's I, I think we're more of it in a community. I think people appreciate what you've done, what you're doing, and you're still doing it because, to me, it's still a fundamental part of a Saturday. Is going to Rangers and seeing you there, um, you know, or if you go into the loft to see Julian and so on. It's, and it's just brilliant that you still exist because, as you say, a lot of fans, even good quality ones, and, and some of the other ones, they've just come and gone. But you, you've stuck at it, and you've seen out the a lot of message boards, you've seen out a lot of German and boards and everything else and, and you're still there. I, I just and I think to be honest with you, 
You've thought of a lot more than you realise. I, I can I can honestly tell you that people have got a lot of time for you, Dave, because you're the most. I'm thinking of Saturday, you 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 just there, and I I have noticed. I mean, I remember the the Sheffield Wednesday game. That I mean that was horrible. I mean, you know, QPR go up there to get permission, and you end up having everything taken away from you that day, and having fairly miserable time and not seeing the game. Or have I got that wrong? No, that that that's right. It, it, for those who don't know, um, the promotion um, in uh, two thousand three was it or two thousand four? Two thousand four. Yeah, just yeah, two thousand. <laughs> um, yeah, we obviously eight thousand QPR fans up there. Very very tense day. Um, I went to go into the grounds with my ticket, my valid ticket, and the steward said. Um, you're not bringing your bag in. Well, I'm always got a, a bag of rucksack with with uh, copies of the magazine in, obviously. And I said, well, mm. what, do you, what do you expect me to do with them? And he said, I don't care what you do with them. You're not bringing it in. So he's being awkward, really. So as I walked away, I might have muttered a few words under my breath at him. Anyway, what I did was, cut a long story short, I was hoping I might find one one of the friendly uh, Met Police who, who who were there on the day, but I couldn't find anybody. So I ended up mm. walking down Leppin's Lane of all, you know, with all the associations of that. And there was a fella painting his gate. And I said, excuse me, mate, if, um, uh, this might sound a bit odd, this, but I've got this bag here and they won't let me take it in the ground. I've got nowhere else to leave it. And that's why, you know, my my work, my art, my craft in there. And he said, he said, yeah, of course you can leave it here, mate. That's no problems at all. So I said, thanks very much. Anyway, so I walked back to, and I'd missed about 15 minutes of the game by this time. And this same steward, he was a, a security guy thing. Um, and uh, he was a big gorilla of a bloke, really. And he, he was... Look, I don't know. I, I can't cast aspersions, but I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on something. Let's put it that. Let's leave it there. Yeah. Anyway, as I was, as I was, uh, as I walked up, he said to me, uh, "Let me see your ticket." So, like an absolute mug, I handed him a ticket, and he he snatched it out of my hands, and he sort of put it in his pocket, and he said, "Right, you ain't coming in. Fuck off." So no. that 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 was it. At that point, my world sort of you know caved in basically. Anyway, there was no, uh, you know, if a steward says you ain't going in, you ain't going in. So he wasn't. Mm -hmm. He wasn't. We were sit down and have a civilized chat about it. So anyway, I stormed round to the Sheffield Wednesday main office and and kicked up a right old fuss. Um, but if you remember, Sheffield Wednesday fans themselves were kind of. Um, you know, having a protest about their own own club at the time. Yeah, I do. And so everybody was really, I mean, I couldn't get to speak to anybody. And by the time anybody sort of came down, it was nearly the end of the game anyway. So there was nothing I could do about it. I was I was absolutely shell-shocked, really. Um, and, and basically, that was it. I have to say that um, the next day, the whole incident, it made... Bizarrely, it made the front page of the Stoke Sentinel. What? Why? I've no idea. But it really? did, and also the Sheffield Star and everything. They ran stories on it, and Sheffield Wednesday took action against the security firm that they had employed. They sacked them, and I don't know that it was necessary for that one incident, but it certainly garnered a lot of really, really negative press from them. Um, and I, I 
I have no idea where all this came from. Um, but um, but yeah, so that were it anyway. However, the denouement on that is, and this probably explains why it it might explain why some people who were at the 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 promotion parade um sort of looked up at this open top bus and uh and saw me up there and thinking, oh I, what's he doing up there? Um but QPR through Sheila Marston um actually invited me to travel on the actually they they invited me to travel on the team bus, which I was a little bit kind of, you know, what I, I think that's wrong, you know, reflected glory and everything. And in any right. case, in any case, on the way down, I got held up on there was a massive accident the same day. There was a massive accident on the A40 and the traffic was terrible. So um, I was with Dave Anderson and we arrived late for the parade and I was I was speaking to Sheila, texting or whatever, and she said, oh, just get on any one of the buses. And I just thought to myself, can you imagine me go like the team bus? Going, mate, I'm supposed to be on there. And the driver's going, yeah, of course you are, mate. Go on, sling your up. Right? Um, and uh, and so, yeah, that was it. But I ended up on one of the, um, one of the, if you like, the staff buses. And I was very happy and very privileged to, 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 to be on, you know, to see the, the parade. The parade was amazing because if you remember, it was supposed to be about 45 minutes from Ealing to to Hammersmith Town Hall and it took like three and a half hours there were so many people out it was an incredible incredible experience um and I also have to say that that QPR sent me <laughs> sent me a video without commentary because I don't think we had commentary in them days but they sent me a video of the whole game and Dave Anderson and his girlfriend at the time Kate they came up to me uh, up to my house and uh, they bought a bottle of champagne and we sat and watched this video from beginning to end with a bottle of champagne and celebrated that way. So it just goes to show there's some good people out there and uh, and I've not really been scarred for life, not much, <laughs> from the whole experience. So, yeah. Mm. It's, just, it's just typical, isn't that you, you sort of like a day that you could probably get a few extra seals, a day that could, be, you know, just make the difference of breaking even and some binned. And with a jacket decides to put a stop to that. Yeah. What about, what about the other days? At, you know, the Millennium and, and Wembley. Were they were they were they just as complicated, or were you allowed to sell on them days? Because I'm kind of thinking on the big days when we've had them rare glimpses of success. Does it make a difference to the magazine, or has it just said pretty much the same? Well, it's funny, really. It's either extremes. If there's a uh, a crisis of which we seem to have many more of those, um, mm. then it helps, it helps sales. And if, um, you know, if, if, um, if we get, you know, something good happens again, we get, we got good sales. We, we can almost predict we, we've got three, three days, um, three days during the season when we do very well, it's the, the opening game. The final game, the final home game of the season, which we always do well, and oddly enough, Boxing Day, but that seems to have sort of gone by the by a bit now, especially when they start um, messing around with television, like the Bournemouth game. I don't think we played Boxing Day in the end, that sort of thing, a couple of years back. Um, but generally speaking, really the sales are pretty consistent. They're on a, a sort of downward trajectory, a, a, a trajectory, I should say. Um, and I think I said that that we're probably selling, you know, maybe less than 
you know, maybe as much as a quarter, certainly around a third of what we once did. Um, but those who have stuck by us tend to to be very loyal and people, you know, sort of it's the same faces really every week, to be honest with you, which is great, you know, because um, but unfortunately we seem to be we 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 have a drip 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 of losing people rather than gaining new readers really because i think you know we we kind of aim it at sort of old at an older generation of qpr fans really who don't who don't need to be you know who know rodney marshes who know you know about you know clive allen and and the fa cup final of 82 and and things like that without having to you know kind of explain it you know, we yeah. just assume we it is a phrase that you call assuming a high level of reader awareness, which of course is what we do. But listen, I can't be down with the kids. I mean, I'm I'm coming up for 68, which I guess for a fanzine sellers like probably you know monolithic almost basically. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine there are many fanzine editors still around who are you know, approaching 70 years old. Um, and yet I don't think it makes much difference really, because I don't think it come. I don't think we come across a load of old fogies in the magazine, but nor do we try and be down with the kids and things like that, because that's just, that would just be foolish really, because yeah, we, we just, we just convey our own sort of experiences and lifetime of support really. And I don't know whether that's, you know, whether it works for us, against us, uh, for us or... Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I, I am one of the old kiddies, so I'm probably the worst person in the house. But I always thought that, if I'm being honest, it, it never comes across as it's design. I think everyone who... Because it used to be years ago, we'd all be interested in the history of the clubs and we'd all be into this and be into that. But, you know, I know the modern age is different and everything's on a, on a button on your phone these days. But I, I think I think people are still appreciate it for what it is and, and appreciate that you don't try and be something that you're not, because then you just lose what's so special about it. I mean, you know, 30, was it 37 years, you say? I mean, well, yeah, 36 and, 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 and counting now. 36 and a bit and counting, yeah. So, so, so almost in your 37th year. I mean, let's be honest with you. You know, I suppose the help of it is that you support a club that is completely and utterly insane, which must help. Yeah, pe- people ask me. <laughs> this is this is what makes me laugh. People who have no interest in football say, "Say, what do you find to write about?" And you you just chuckle, really, because there is there's there's always something to write about with Rangers, and and we're never. I probably don't use half of not. I don't mean what comes into us because be- these days barely anything comes into us. Once upon a time, we were the only outlet, so we would get yeah. sent articles and things like that. That just doesn't happen anymore. Everything we do is produced in house, really, or with you know people like John Amani and Rayton and and um, uh, you know and, and various other regular contributors. And but that's okay because that means you know we, we just yeah. I mean it's our it's our magazine and we have to do the work for it. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, going back to something you said earlier about um, the fact that we're still there, we're part. Yes, we, we're very aware 
that from what people say and how you know the conversations we have, we're very aware that we're part of the match day experience, and that's a yeah. real honour for that. And people, when we came back after COVID. And on the first day back, when it was all dead strange and everything else like that, we were there in place selling a new edition. And the number of people said, I was so worried that I come down that you wouldn't be here or, you, you know, you'd have disappeared or, or whatever. And it was fantastic because I felt, well, I and Julie and Eric, and I, we all felt really, really valued um, at that and it was a it's a, an honor and a privilege really to be thought of in in those sort of terms um and yeah we're we're part of the match day furniture and that that's really um you know that that's i've said it it's an honor it really is i mean to be fair Dave, i think it'll be interesting match but i think i mean before we we we, we sign off and and go into the go into another episode of Reading what's gonna to happen tomorrow. Like we're recording this on the eve of the West Bobby Albion game, so God knows what's gonna happen there. Um have you ever ever thought to yourself, I moves are doing my head in, the fans is doing my head in, this whole thing is doing my head in, but you thought, but I've got to keep going because that's what I do. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's it in a nutshell. Really, we we tend to we tend not to get the kind of flack and the barbed comments and the I've, I've said that I'll probably just open myself up now to another <clears throat> dare I say another to Tommy Nintendo episode. But <laughs> generally speaking, generally speaking, we we kind of get you know, probably as the senior citizens of the QPR supporting away <laughs> crowd, we tend to get treated with a, uh, you know, with, with a lot of respect, really. And we don't tend to cop the sort of flack, which is good, really, because I suppose in a way, all our opinions and views and thoughts and comments and ideas and everything else like that, they're all contained within um, a, a magazine. So you have to pay to read what we think. Um, we don't dish it out free, you know. I, I mean, it'd be very easy for me to be on, you know, constantly on social media trying to sort of, you know, jump up and down and say, "Listen to me, listen to me." But frankly, if I've got a, if I've got something that's worth saying, I'd rather save it for the magazine. To be honest with you, because that's just the, you know, that's just, um, yeah, that's the way it is, really. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you're better off not having a social media. Trust me. Because <laughs> um, it's it's almost like the charge of light brigade every uh, every Tuesday, Wednesday, or whenever we're playing Saturday. From after, as soon as that final whistle goes, you just you grab your notifications, you really go. But I mean, it's a long, hard season, Dave, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be. Yeah, I, I do worry that you know talking about Rangers for a second. I just I just don't feel the club has no relegation battle in it. Um, we, you know, how do we? In all your years ago, and how do we unite the fan base? How do we unite the club? How do we get through this? Another difficult struggle. Well, you're right. You're right in saying that. That that there, there's almost a sort of resignation, and and uh, that you know, at, at the minute, there's a there's a, a massive inertia about the club, the way it's run, the way decisions are made. Um, it there doesn't appear to be any action. It's almost like we're 
was sleepwalking to to uh, League One or whatever it's called, Division mm-hmm. League One. Um, yeah. And 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 there's sort of bemusement. I mean, listen, I, I'm the same as you. I, I read all the call to arms, the protests, and this, that, and the other. And 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 I, the thing is, when the time is right, protests will happen. But it may be too late by then. I'm not advocating protest because I think yet yeah, there has to be a focus. That it's almost like there is so much wrong at Rangers the way it's run, uh, the way the club is run now. Um, and I can say that because I, you know, I pay for my season ticket the same as everybody else. I pay for a way match tickets the same as everybody else. So I'm I have an opinion, and and in my opinion, the club is been. Uh, neglected, neglected by the owners, neglected by the board. And yes, I would stand up and say it to their face. Um, but it, it's almost, it, it's as if nobody, I don't, I just don't know really. I just, I, I, I understand, or even if I don't understand the, the finer points of financial fair play and everything, I know the bottom line is, is, is that we're completely cash strapped. Um, but the point is, so why are we employing, you know, why do we have a chief executive on, you know, ridiculous money? Why do we have a, a director of football who was on ridiculous money? Um, at the minute, it's almost like we don't have a director of football. So now it, we've gone the other side of the, the coin, if you like, it, 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 or the, the polar extreme now. And nobody, it seems nobody's making any decisions. Nobody's, I cannot believe that we cannot balance the books better than we, we've done. I don't know the ins and outs of the... I'm not a, a, an accountant. I do understand. But we're just fed all this. Oh, we can't do anything with cash strapped. Do I believe it? Well, I mean, I, I suppose I've got no choice but to believe it. And, and better people than I have sat down and discussed it with the club and have poured over the figures. And they tell me things... You know, I have to believe their expert view. Things aren't aren't good cash, you know, uh, financially at the club and everything else like that. And of course, to 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 only at QPR could we get the world's biggest ever fine. I mean, it, it, it you you know, if if it were if it were a, a TV um, script or something, it would be rejected for being you know um, unrealistic. And yet, that is the reality of us. But but. That, that inertia seems to have spread throughout the whole. I mean, we, we sit up there at home match days and we look at the director's box time, it's half empty, and it's not a good look. It's not a good look. And the situation with Gareth is really coming to a head. It has to, um, because, you know, in the time-honoured fashion, the old boy who walked around with a placard, um, the end is near. And... And as much as I want Gareth to succeed, as much as I want him to live up to the hopes that we all had for him as, a, as an ex, ex-QPR cult hero, if you like, um, it's really not working. And it's not working on so many levels that, yeah, we'd need a whole new podcast on its own to, 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 to go down that line, really. Um, but mm. it, it's... We're we're not really even sleepwalking because all of us can sense the danger. We're, we're, we're watching our club really go down and down. And as somebody said today, John Williams said on Twitter, um, 
you know, scum, we, we were once meeting teams like Scunthorpe, Southend, whatever, on equal terms. And they're all now playing non-league. And I know it's a bit dramatic to to um, start predicting, you know, that in five years' time we'll be... But it, it it's possible. We used to be a really brilliantly well-run club. To, to be one of the biggest names, you know, to be founding members of the Premier League, to finish fifth in the first ever season um, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, there were downtimes, but my God, we didn't know we had it so, so good at the time, really. Um, and I just I just think we're going into oblivion at the minute, to be honest. And it's it's very, very depressing. I think the Ulam found the members that have gone to non-league, but another one saying we will do, God forbid, obviously is Ulam. Um, they've had a complete nosedive. But the thing is, we, 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 get, we, get, we flirt with um, hope, don't we, like when... Fernandes came in and we, you know, we were already in the Premier League and it was like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. He's been rejected by West Ham, so he's going to show them what he can do with a football club. And in typical QPR fashion, it just blew up. Um, and it's just so sad. I, I'm, I'm kind of convinced that what you just said is true about the, the border. I, I don't go to fans' forums. I, I listen to them. And when Ahmed said, oh, just because you don't see me doesn't mean I'm not there. I'm probably downstairs. Maybe I should wear a sheepskin jacket. It's like, no, you should be in the ground and be visible. You're the chairman. Yeah. You know? you, and I think you, that just you, sums it up. Yeah, you're the custodians of the club. This club has a, has a, 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 a richer, longer history than any of us. And, it, and, and any chairman at any club passing through has that moral duty a moral obligation to do the best for the club and i i don't i don't know how much of a football back they have i don't I, listen lee who's i can stop and talk to him on a match day um you know very genial fella but i i question how much he really not knows about football, but understands about football and the, uh, uh, supporting, you know, as a supporter. And I think the two things are vastly different. So I think you have to think like a, a fan and understand what fans' expectations and thoughts are. All we ask for is a club that's that's well run, that's not a, as you say, not a basket case. I I, I don't see why it's so difficult. And I don't see why we do constantly you know over the years just lurch from from one crisis to another it's almost like we have to we have to pay for all the you know for, for the for the moments that are good and there are plenty of them you know for every zamora you know there's a there's a you know guns in the boardroom incident and things like that and you mm-hmm. just you just it, it's like the yin and yang it, it just it it it's a soap opera qpr is a soap opera and you know, I'm sure we still find about plenty of other things to write about anyway, but it certainly keeps us in material, that's for sure. <laughs> I think the problem is, Steve, it's you talk about Lee Hughes, and you know, I've talked to Lee, you've talked to Lee, fans have talked to Lee, and Lee's duty is clearly the go to board when things are going wrong. We need another three million quid, we need another two million quid, we need this, we need that. And that's all fine. He's been in football a very, very long time, and then. I see, like, they were employing an agency to appoint a director of football. I'm thinking that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, 
And again, that's that's just me. I mean, I don't, I've never worked in football. I've never wanted to work in football because I think it would be mad. But um, I just understand what we're doing sometimes. And, you know, I think with Tony Fernandez, you know, obviously he liked to be a lot more involved than probably he should have been. And, if, and Ruben's gone completely the opposite way. And this new American fella just seems to be sitting in the background. It's a very strange, strange setup. And I'm not going to even claim to understand it. I just... Like you're looking at director's box on a, a Saturday or a Tuesday or whatever and think, who's representing us? Who's, you know, watch it with your own eyes. Don't rely on someone to tell you how bad it's been. Don't rely on this coach to tell you about this player or that. Just go to the game, watch it yourself because there's clearly problems above the manager. Because all we'll do, I think, is we'll probably sack him and employ somebody else, put another band aid in the season, struggle on, and then do a massive reset again. But if some people still stay at the club, you're going to be resetting forever. We need to find out what's going on and fix it, like you would do in any business, but we seem to be ignoring the obvious and just trying the same thing in the hope that it will somehow turn out differently. Mad. Yeah, it is. And and and, and I, I would suggest that there isn't a, a fix that would take us to the land of milk and honey again. We are... We're a club that's rudderless at the minute, in my opinion. Um, and and I think that extends, you know, from the very top to the, you know, the very bottom of the club. I, you know, um, us fans, really. Um, and uh, it, 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 it doesn't appear to be the energy, the desire, the commitment. The, I'm sure they're all very good intentions, and I and from what I understand that um, people like um, Ruben um, have a much greater understanding and awareness of what's going on than than perhaps we like we think at times. Um, but at the end of the day, the buck stops at the top, really. And they're the ones who've, who, you know, who've got to make the decisions. I mean, it, it's almost as if I think everybody's surprised that Gareth is still in position because I, I think a lot of people would have thought that with the international break, um, that's the time to make a, a decision. Um, and I think very many people were surprised that the club didn't make a decision or the board didn't make a decision at that time. And as you say, we just roll on doing the same thing. It's the same thing. I can't see where we're going. I can't see where we're going as a team. I can't see where we're going as a club. And in all honesty, that, that age old question, where do you see yourself in five years time? Well, if I, if you're asking me, where do I see Rangers in five years time? The truth is I have, absolutely no idea um no, no, no. and nor uh, nor does anybody else but i think i probably know what the answer is and i don't want to say it out loud because i think it's it's worrying um i don't know i don't know if if we if we sort of went back into the third tier again next season which at the moment is looking you know very likely despite the optimism of the manager and everything um I don't know how long it would take us to return. I really don't. Um, and if we return, if we, yeah, exactly. Who who knows? Um, you know, our, like, like you, me, everyone else, we'll still be there. We're still, 
enjoy the adventure of going off to Cheltenham and going off to Exeter for away days because it'll make a change from going to Lincoln, you know, um, where were we on Saturday? Huddersfield, yeah. Make a change from going to Huddersfield, you know, just just the sheer variety. It, It was, you know, there was an adventure about being in League One. But in the long-term interests of the club, you know, relegation isn't going to... I mean, it, we just detach ourselves from the reality of everything. Um, but there's, you know, it's a it's a tricky old league and lots of teams have gone down. And, and, and as you say, I mean, don't forget Oldham were um, founder members of the Premier League, as we were. And mm-hmm. we're Oldham now, National League. You know, it's... Uh, it's easy. I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say we're complacent. I wouldn't, you know, accuse anybody of saying we're complacent. But I think to be complacent is is a very dangerous thing, really. And I, I, I do worry where we are going to be. You know, as I say, five, ten years time. Um, I think, you know, those heady days have been in the Premier League, and I'm talking about when we were competed, not the couple of excursions when. <laughs> Yeah, which were pretty miserable, really. There's there's nothing fun about being in the Premier League, really. I think it's the the achievement is in getting there, really. Um, and the days, you know, I mean, I when we, we were promoted under Warnock, I mean, I cried my eyes out. It was just the emotion of it when they were presenting us with the, you know, the championship trophy and things like that. It was it was just fantastic, and you long for days like that, but. You know, getting dicked at Man City or or you know whatever the days of when we used to go to Old Trafford and win and Anfield and win, well, just the once anyway. But they were they oh. were days. But we we could compete and we didn't. Again, come back to the thing. We didn't realise how how good we had it really. To be honest, and I suppose you never do really. You know what, dude? It's, it's a weird one because I, I think bigger clubs. I mean, when I say bigger, I mean fan bases, obviously, and grounds and income and everything else. I don't mean bigger as in history. Um, I've struggled to get out of the league, if League One, as I call it now. So, like, Wednesday, we're down there. So, like, we've been down there for a long time. Um, Sunderland, Sheffield United. It's, it's it's not an easy league to get out. And, you know, I mean, Charlton have really struggled to do anything, really, the last God knows how long. Um, so, yeah, it, it could be a massive graveyard for a lot of clubs and for us I think the relegation after a season of, as you say not knowing what's going on and, and just fighting relegation all the time it, it just I think it wears people down we need if we do if I can say to anyone that's listening from the club if we do survive this season you've got to do something for what comes after that because it's no good to, it's almost like we're hemorrhaging Dave and they're putting like a a blister um patch on a on a on a, a massive wound. It, it's it's whatever we're doing, it's not working. We need a massive rethink and not just keep saying we're gonna reset, people don't be surprised by us, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Just do it. But also do it with the love of the club at heart. You know, it's it's very easy to say I mean, what well, baffles me Dave and I've said it many a time is you know you don't even know you're in shit, it's pretty shrewd, let's be fair. There's no there's no QPR thing here or QPR thing. There. I mean match days you just Unless fans knew where the ground was, it, it's it, and I just think we just need to take more pride in our history and ourselves at club level. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, uh, you know, we're singing from the same hymn sheet here, really. Mm. Um, it, it's that really it, what we need. What we need is reform from top to bottom. 
But that doesn't have to be dramatic, wave a magic wand, instantaneous, overnight fix, all that sort of thing. The best, the best run clubs are those that have had plans and goals and ambitions in place, you know, for a long time. I mean, a few years ago when QPR announced the sort of, you know, the latest new, um, you know, modus operandi, if you like, of bringing in young, hungry players and then selling them on for a fee and gradually, gradually uh, improving and taking those small steps forward. Uh, I mean, it's almost as if it's been forgotten, really, because, you know, week by week, we are we're taking we're taking steps backwards all the time. And we, the bottom line is, as you say, speaking now, I wrote earlier on today, even if we win at West Brom tomorrow night, and let's face it, there's not many going to be putting money on us to do that. But even if mm. we sneak a win, it still wouldn't lift us out of the bottom three. That's how serious it is. We are, we are, getting cut adrift and yes there's a long way to go plenty of games and this that, and the other but I saw nothing at Huddersfield I saw nothing uh, in the home games take your pick which one I'm talking about um, but I've yeah. seen nothing there that suggests we're capable of climbing out that bottom three and we could be in there the way things are going unless something changes and if that's whether that's the mindset of the players whether that's the manager changing tactics whether I don't know. We the, the point is, Paul, we've got it in us. We went to Middlesbrough and were blooming brilliant on the day. Maybe brilliant's overstretching it, but it felt like we were brilliant on the day. We came away with a 2-0 win. And I honestly thought at that point things were beginning to 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 lift up. I never expected us to win at Cardiff a week after that debacle at, at Watford. Um, um and yet, so we've proven or these players have proven that they can do it. So something's stifling them. Something's wrong. For Willock, not even to get on on Saturday uh, as one of the five substitutes, tells me oh, that there's a massive problem there because the way he's been playing, the way, you know, his, his attitude, you, I don't know what it is, but they're, they're something, and I know this goes on at all football clubs amongst players, we like to think of it that they're all mates and we're all for a common cause and things like that. When really it's got all the, you know, there's all these issues that go on all the time and that's okay. But, but Willock is really our, you know, two years ago, he was our prize asset. I remember front cover that we did, you know, where we, we said he was an, we described him as an absolute steal, um, which he was, when 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 Willett came in, and and he was our kind of our sort of um, money in the bank player at the time. Um, I don't I doubt you get any interest in him at the minute because he doesn't look interested. His whole career is just it, it's well, it's not just halted; it's gone backwards really. And I don't know why because on his day, Chris Willock is a is a fabulous player, but we're just not seeing it. I mean, it, listen, there's, there's a number of reasons. I mean, I do wonder sometimes if the constant relegation battles that took us to the players, you know, that we didn't tie up the contracts and we probably should have done. And he's been left to let us run his contract down and he's probably thinking, well, I don't want to get injured and I don't really want to be here. I'll just wait and get a trial and some and move on. It's, it's 
really bizarre because he's possibly one of the best players in the championship, and I'm I'm just not understanding it. At Without all. doubt. Without doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know, it's, it, it could have happened to QPR. And I hate saying that. There's, there's times when things happen, and I go, God, that could really happen at Rangers, but my God, it does. Oh, dear. Now, Dave, before you go, I, if anyone's listened to this in New York or Australia or Dublin, Germany, whatever, how do I sign up to kick up the R's as an international? And how do I sign up to it if I don't get down to Rangers? Because I'm hoping and praying that people still buy it, even if they don't manage to get the games. <laughs> okay, wow. Well. Right. Um, I think everything that anyone needs to know is on our website. Now, the website is nothing more than a shop window, so you won't find content. You won't find um, any commentary or anything else like that on there. It's purely about which editions are out, when they're out, and how you get hold of them. And yeah. the the address is www, obviously, uh, and then it's akutrs, kick up the R's, akutrs.com, and basically all the information's on there. Bearing in mind, we do, um, we not only do a print edition, but we also do a digital version, which is exactly the same, but it's just available online. So in other words, you don't have to wait six weeks for the post to arrive on a donkey's in the middle of Spain. You, you, basically get it the same as everybody else uh, does. Um, and the digital subscription is, I mean, it's a giveaway really, because it's just, it's 20 pounds for six months or 40 pounds for a full year. And there, there you get the kick up the hours. Uh, and it's on what they call a flip book. So basically you can zoom the pages up and you can read them. I, I know it's not, you know, people still like to have a print edition and some people don't get on with the digital one. And I I understand that, but there's not much else we can do, really. We could phone them up and read it to them, I guess, but that's not really very practical. Um, well, the, the, the what, sorry? No, and also the old post years of two months later in Australia, but now you can get it online. I mean, I would yeah. I fully yeah. recommend any fan, but it's, I mean, I'm not going to tell fans when they get it on Saturday or Tuesday or something or whatever because everyone knows. Yeah, it's massively expensive to post overseas. And the truth of the matter is, and now we get all sorts of problems with customs. If Carrie's listening in, uh, um, in Finland, uh, two of your. Uh, uh, two of your editions arrived back here because the customs wouldn't allow them in. I don't know why. Um, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of additional charges to pay. It's not really. Whereas if you go online, you know it's there instantaneously in front of you. But certainly in the UK and uh, and so on and so forth, we do a postal service, and the magazines are sent out the first opportunity. I tend to pick the magazines up late on a Friday evening before the game, so they go out on the Monday. But the, but I think the subscription service is is pretty good. Works really well. Uh, and of course, as always, home or away, you'll find us lingering, you know, outside. Uh, certainly, we're very visible at Loftus Road and at away games. It's usually just me, but I'm I'm usually blocking your exit, uh, waving <laughs> some fanzines, trying to mug you for a fiver. So um, most people know where to find me. But for those who don't, just um, yeah, just just keep your eye open, really, because I'm quite visible and I'm very loud as well. Do you know what, Dave? I think I think you deserve three testimonials for what you've done for QPR. And 
and we, I mean, that was young because when I first started getting it in 87 and now when all thought we know her. But thank you for everything you've done for the Bridges fan base. I mean, it's you're you're a very quiet and unassuming person, but I think the love for you is massive and deservedly so. So thank you, Dave, for everything you've oh. done for the fans because there literally is just one of you and there really is only one Dave Thomas, except there's two, but that's... That's not a story. He was a player, but you get the you get the idea, Dave. You get the idea. I get the idea, Paul, and and thank you to to you. Uh, but more importantly, thank you to all the QPR fans that or who over thirty six years, you know, whether they whether they've lasted, you know, all that time, or whether they've just picked up on it recently, or perhaps no longer, you know, are able to even afford it. Shall we say? Thank you to them as well. Thank you to you for listening to this because. Um, really, without you guys, then we would it would have it would have lasted a couple of issues, and it would. Well, listen to you. Your hard, your hard work and love, we wouldn't have. But well, we we appreciate you more than you ever know, Dave. Well, that's you. very that's very kind of you. Thank you. No worries, Dave. I'll see you um probably tomorrow night. God help us all. Um, but thank you, Dave, and thank you for everyone listening. Now, listen, everyone who's listening to this. Go online, sign up, keep this wonderful tradition of QPR going because, yeah, I know everything's on the button, but sometimes the, the quality of writing QPRs is just breathtaking. So, yeah, keep keep on it, keep it going, and Dave, look after yourself. And thank you for giving me some of your time this evening. And um, let's hope we've, uh, we, we, we avoid that drop the lead one. Dave, thank you, and look after yourself, mate. And you, you take care and safe journeys to all Rangers fans. Bye.